Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. So here we go. It's Thursday night football. It's the Rams. It's the Pats. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. And we should mention, obviously, these two teams played in the Super Bowl. McVay said during Super Bowl week that Super Bowl was played in Georgia, McVay's home state where he grew up. He said he geeked out. He said, before I met Bill in the Super Bowl, and that was honestly one of the worst coaching jobs I've done, Belichick can do that to you, fellas. He said one of the coolest things about being a young NFL head coach is to get a text from Bill Belichick the Monday after the game saying, hey, I saw your game plan yesterday. I saw the highlights. I saw some of the film. You're doing an amazing job. McVay actually relayed that story, and now they meet on the field tonight. We should mention McVay's innovativeness has been incredible. Everything he's been able to do on offense mm-hmm. And keep in mind... Psychological warfare, Zubin. Yes. Just right, know that. Right? All Plant the seed. All part of the plan. Plant yeah. the seed. You're doing a great job. Great job. <laughs> and we should quickly mention that, uh, you know, McVeigh on the biggest stage, football fans know how great he was offensively, but that's a game that non-football fans are watching alike. So if you watch football for the first time and said, what's the big deal with Sean McVeigh? They came up with the three in that game, losing that Super Bowl, not getting in the end zone once. So they meet again tonight. And the big question is... Will Cam Newton be under center tonight? Yes. Will he be under center for the Pats at this time next year? What do you think, and how much do the next four games play into that question being answered? You know, I really honestly think he will be back next year uh, for New England. Now, whether or not he's back fighting with somebody to be the starter, but I think he's back in New England next year. Because if he wasn't, and they felt good about Jared Stenham, Jared Stenham would have played significant time this year. He only got in in the Kansas City game because Cam was out. I mean, he would actually be the quarterback right now if they felt that way. Clearly, they don't feel that way about Jared Stenham. So, you you go around the league and you try to look and see, okay, where does other quarterbacks fit that's out there, that could be out there? You start looking at the money, whether it's a Matthew Stafford or a Matt Ryan. Is Matt Ryan a better fit in San Francisco, in my opinion? Yes. Than anybody else. Is where would Matthew Stafford go? Can Matthew Stafford wind up in a place like Chicago within the division if they decide to part ways with him and a new coach comes in and wants him? So you start to look at all these little different subplots and pieces, and it all comes back to Cam Newton staying in New England. Uh, get better players around him next year. You you get a healthy Julian Edelman back, and you address the tied in issue. You know you got Damon Harris at the running back spot. You shore up some stuff on the offensive line. You get the defense healthy again. High towers back, coming back from opting out. So you start to put things together, and you're looking at it. You go, okay, we know we can run the ball. Now, what's our main goal in the offseason? Our main goal in the offseason is to fix our passing game so when we do decide to throw the football, we can complete passes without worrying about it. You go back to the Seattle game, and you look at that, Jay Will. You look at the way they threw the ball. Cam Newton was on fire. He was dynamic in that game, although they lost it. He could throw the ball. He can throw the football. There's this misconception that the guy is like just an option quarterback from the 70s at Nebraska. That's kind of (laughs) how people try to frame it. I think you can get him back next year because I think it will be economically efficient for the team, right, as opposed to getting a hire like a Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford, um, guys that cost a lot more, I think – for what you can get him for, for how they want to play and seeing the success rate of getting healthy guys back, I think it just makes more economical sense for them to do that instead of going out spending a lot of money on a quarterback and then not being able to surround 
that quarterback with the right pieces. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Merrill. When questions find you, Merrill Edge Self-Directed Investing has personalized tools and insights to help you find answers. Get started at MerrillEdge.com slash within reach. Merrill Lynch, Pierce Fenner and Smith Incorporated registered broker dealer member SIPC. Earlier this morning, Mike Reese, who's our ESPN Pats reporter, joined us to preview Thursday night football. Again, Pats Rams tonight, 820 Eastern on Fox. And Jay asked him a very interesting question. Is Cam Newton a starter in the NFL? Is Cam Neuter, is Cam Newton starter material? <laughs> Neuter, wow. Neuter, <laughs> Newton. Well, feel bad for you, Cam. <laughs> Spade and neuter your pets. Wow. Shout out Bob Barker. Yeah, sorry for you, Cam, man. I didn't. Well, that was Zubin. His play has been neutered the last five years. Oh, if you take a look at his MVP season of 2015 and where he is in 2020, Mike Reese, salvage me, save me here, Mike. It's hard because you're 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 widening it out to the 32 team landscape, and I think you know here in New England, it was clear like this guy. We feel like he gives us the best chance based on what we have. Um, you know, now you get to the off season. You had a whole new influx of quarterbacks come into the league in the draft. You know, I think he's on the edge, Jay. Like, I look at it, and I'm like, if there's 32 starters in the league, I think he's more in the 25 to 35 range. Mm. So I think there will be opportunity for him there, but he might have to go compete and win a job. And how much he wants to do that, I think that'll be interesting to see. Okay, let's cut to the chase. Speaking of neutered, let's cut right to the chase. What do you, what do you make of it? Stop with this the cutting a, stuff. A, no more neuter talk. This is a family show. Until it wasn't. All right, so what do you think about that? He's 25 to 35, so Mike essentially says he's a low he's a low range starter in this league. Well, here's I'll expand on that, in, and I'll go. What Mike said is 25 to 30. But what the reality of it is, is let's take it all the way from the NFC West. Go down that list. Nobody in the NFC West other than San Francisco needs a quarterback. That's one spot. Mm-hmm. Then let's go to the AFC West. Nobody in that division needs a quarterback except maybe Denver. Maybe, but they probably don't. So there's no spot there, right? Then you swing over to the East. Nobody in the NFC East needs a quarterback. Maybe Washington. If it, but I like Alex Smith. Okay, so then you go down to the south. If Atlanta is rebuilding and you're moving on from Matt Ryan, who will probably go to San Francisco, they're probably going to draft a guy because they're rebuilding, so there's no spot there. Where else you can go? Like, you go to the AFC West, I mean, the, uh, the, the AFC East, there's nobody except New England that may need a quarterback in the Jets who's going to draft a young quarterback with a high pick. So as you start to move around, Chicago may need a quarterback, Detroit may need a quarterback. Detroit may not need a quarterback. Chicago certainly will be one. But you start to look, there's only about four spots, maybe less than that. Unless guys move around, the spots will be open. So there's nothing wrong with 25 to 30. We got to find him a landing spot. He's going to be faced with the same situation that he was faced with this offseason. Where could you find a team at that does not have a long-term solution at quarterback that's making a whole bunch of money? Or is going young. Or is going young. Just the fact that we're having this conversation, it just blows my mind. I mean, five years ago, this dude was the MVP, Zubin. Yep. We're talking about that far of a drop-off in five years. 15 in one team. Super Bowl 15 in one team. Damn, Key. Really? That far of a drop-off, 25 to 30 range? And now we're talking about there may only be four teams that may have a spot for Cam. 
depending upon what happens with the draft? Wow. Well, when you get injured in Carolina, it dry, everything's dries, it, everything dried up. He got injured in Carolina, and everything just it dried up. And then when he got released, everything was done. Man. Can he carry a team? That's the question. You said he doesn't have weapons to carry a team. I think, Give I him think, a team with weapons. I think he can, can he carry them? I think he can. That, that's the whole question. Just, define carry. Define carry. Essentially put the onus of run the game, offense on game, his hard, shoulder. Run game, run game, hard, run game. The onus no. of the offense is on his shoulder. I don't think he's a – I mean – Could I put him Could I put him in Cleveland? Could I plug him in Cleveland and Cleveland could essentially be doing exactly what they're doing right now? What's yes, the answer? I can. Yes, I can, 100%. Because I'm not asking my quarterback to become Aaron Rodgers. I'm leaning on the running game. He has some weapons, and he delivers the football. That's all I need him to do. I need him to be a 60-plus percent completion percentage guy. And that's all. I, I don't need you throwing the ball 50 times. And that's low by today's standards. That's 60 actually, used yeah. to be good. I just that's need low you, by today's Yeah, standard. I just need you to be 60-plus percent. That's all. That's all I need you to so, do. So if the AFC East continues to get better, do they win the AFC East again? Next year, you mean? Yeah. Well, it depends on what they put around them. You heard Mike Reese say that you got to look at the offseason. we got to retool. They've got to retool. Bird's a receiver that's there. Nikhil Harry, uh, uh, Jacoby Myers, no tight ends. I can't even name a tight end. And then when you look at uh, losing Julian Edelman doesn't help. If you go back to the Seattle game, everything was at play. Julian Edelman was there. It was like, okay, they win that game if they just get another inch. They win the game. We got to go real quick on this one because we got a Heisman Trophy candidate on the way here in a couple seconds. If you're a Gator fan, hang tight, chomp, chomp. But real quick, Matt Light spent his entire 11 year career playing for Bill Belichick in New England. He made a comment the other day on our great affiliate WEEI where Key appears once a week and essentially said, I'm going to paraphrase this. Um, look, um, this is a 2020 season. It's a shot watershed season. Nobody's going to remember 2020's champion. Everybody will remember the year that was. And Bill's essentially saying, look, we'll do the best we can here, but we are essentially gearing up for 2021. Can you give me your answer in one minute here with Kyle Trask on deck? They are doing that, and he's right. But that's all I've been saying is they're waiting to get to the spring. But if they go to the playoffs this year in a throwaway year, how about that? Right. That would be quite something. We're using this as a walk year, but instead we're walking in to the postseason. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home court explorer, changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. Here comes the Heisman hopeful. From the eight-yard line, here's Trask to throw it again. And fires to the end zone. It's caught! It's a touchdown! Trey Grimes! And the Gators make it a 23-7 to lead. That was Mick Hubert from Learfield IMG College. It is a pleasure to welcome in Kyle Trask. This year, they're going to unveil and announce the Heisman Trophy winner virtually. It's 2020. Everything's a little bit different. And you better believe this guy is going to be right in the mix. He has just been lights out and explosive for the Florida Gators. And it's a pleasure to welcome him inside Keyshawn J. Will. And Zubin Kyle. Okay, Kyle, see you with the varsity jacket. <laughs> Looking good, I see man. You, I see you <laughs> repping. Yeah, the fresh Florida letterman. Yes, yeah, sir. I see it. Love it, man. I want to talk to you about this off the jump. We just talked about the Pats, and the most notable thing that's happened to the Pats in the last 25 years is when Drew Bledsoe got hurt and Tom Brady came in. The rest is history. Your story's a little similar, right? Felipe Franks, the old quarterback of Florida, last year against Kentucky, gets hurt. He's out. Enter Kyle Trask. The rest is history. Do you sometimes look back at that one moment and say to yourself, 
You never want to see another guy get hurt. Felipe's done a great job at Arkansas where he transferred, but that was my moment. And if that kind of just didn't happen, where would Kyle Trask be right now? Uh, I mean, I couldn't, I can't really tell you where I'd be right now, but um, yeah, it's been a long journey um, to wait for a moment like that. And unfortunately, like you said, uh, it was terrible when Felipe went down. You know, he was a great leader for our team. Um, but no, at the same time, uh, we still had a game to win that night, and it was an opportunity for me to step up. Kyle, this is the most efficient offense in the country right now. How did things come so fast and click so well with you guys? Uh, I think it really just starts with the coaching. I mean, Coach Mullen and his staff does a great job of preparing multiple starting quarterbacks. So that way, if you know one goes down, the next one will be able to uh, come in and produce just as much as the first one. When you look at things for you, everything's going so well right now, and you are right there with the Heisman Trophy people and possibly the favorite in the Heisman race. Do you think about that much at all? And don't sit up and lie to me either. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Obviously, it crosses my mind. But, uh, you know, really it's just an honor just to be in the conversation. Uh, I think I do a great job of just staying focused on, you know, taking it one game at a time and all that. But you know, at the end of the day, it is a, uh, an honor to be in a conversation. Kyle, I know that, you know, when you're in college and also in the pros, you always talk about one game at a time. You guys still have to play LSU. But obviously, you guys have your destiny in your own hands here, uh, having a chance to make the CFP when you meet up with Alabama in the SEC championship game. What can we expect out of that game? Uh, yeah, like you said, you know, we're going to take it one game at a time. We're completely focused on LSU right now. Um, you know, that's, that's um, a really cool opportunity for us to, you know, play in that uh, big-time SEC championship game. And, you know, Alabama's a great team. You know, we're going to cross that bridge when we get there. When you look at it, Kyle, you and Kyle Pitts, the tight end slash wide receiver, as I like to call him, have formed this dynamic duel in college football. How has that come along for you, and how good do you feel about it? Um, it's awesome. I mean, he's a, he's a matchup nightmare at the end of the day. And, you know, we've kind of been building our, our, um, chemistry with each other ever since he got here. Uh, you know, we were both, uh, running second team reps together. So we've kind of been building that chemistry for two or three years now. It's kind of blossomed into what you see, uh, here. Hey, Oh, Kyle, you didn't play a ton of high school football. So I think if somebody's listening and I said, wait a minute, this dude didn't play a lot of high school football, and now, as Key said, in pole position perhaps to win the Heisman Trophy. Can you take our listeners that are unfamiliar back to your high school days and why your time was limited on the field and why two studs are balling out in the state of Florida? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was me and uh, Derek King. Um, in high school, we were in the same class, and he was you know, a perfect fit for our offense at the time. But you know, at the same time, we were still – pushing each other every single day, uh, competing and getting better. And I think that's, uh, you know, part of the reason why we're both, uh, you know, being pretty successful right now in Florida. Kyle, let me ask you this. What's your reaction to Ohio State being able to get into the Big Ten championship game, knowing that this could allow them to be in the college football playoffs, knowing that you and the Florida Gators are chasing them right now? Um, You know, I don't know too much about that situation, to be honest. And, you know, I, I know um, they're going to have some good officials, you know, figure all that stuff out. 
Um, you know, we're just focused on, you know, taking it one game at a time. We know, uh, you know, we, we essentially control our own destiny if we just do our job to, you know, win these next two games. You know, I do love you already. I just want to say that. I Spot on. I, I love you already because you, you gave the exact answer I expected, Jay. All right, Kyle. We're going to take it to a different level. And I don't want to hear the PC answer, and I know you have to do it. What the hell makes you so different, man? Tell me why Kyle Trask is different. Um, I mean, I would say it's just the, uh, you know, adversity I've been through as far as, um, you know, waiting for my opportunity. It's been a long journey, you know, being that backup for however many years, I think around seven years. And, you know, it's really just made me, um, you know, treat every rep independently and just treat every rep like my last. And, you know, that's just ended up um, working in my favor in the end. Dan Mullen clearly has changed the culture in Gainesville. What has he brought to Gainesville, better yet, to the Florida football program that you could tell me about? Uh, well, yeah, when he first got here, um, you know, he's a coach with a lot of energy. He's a great players coach, um, someone that we can relate to. And for us as quarterbacks, he makes it really easy on us. Um, you know, he does a great job of simplifying the game plan because, you know, as quarterback, you already have so many things to look at, the line of scrimmage. Um, so, you know, I just think he does a great job of simplifying it and making the reads very easy for us. Kyle, really appreciate you joining us this morning. Best of luck. I mean, if you're going to get to the playoff, you're going to knock off last year's national champion with LSU on board and then obviously take care of Alabama if you can do it. And I think everybody would agree in a year where nobody can agree on anything that Florida defeating Alabama would be the best win any team has on their schedule. Best of luck the rest of the way and best of luck on Heisman night. Yeah, man, go get that money. Good luck, Kyle. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Good head on his shoulders. No doubt about that. We're presented by progressive insurance. All of our guests, including Kyle on the shell Pennzoil performance line, college football Heisman vote. Let's just talk about it. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, this kid, Kyle Trask, Right now, if you had a Heisman ballot and you got a little longer to send it in this year, for sure, uh, how would it stack up? I I would probably, I mean, I got to look at the three quarterbacks. Justin Fields, he's only giving me five games. Am I missing anybody or are those three the guys? Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Kyle Trask, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mac Jones? Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones would probably be the favorite right now see I'm, I'm I just know a lot about the Alabama offense and what they do and and so I kind of I mean you can't argue with the numbers that he's putting up or nothing like that I just I kind of know what Sark does and I've seen these quarterbacks in the system uh whether they were at USC or Sark up in Washington and you're always going to have big eye popping numbers and you're going to be excellent in it um so I think those four but I would probably go Trevor Lawrence just because Everybody says that I should do that, so I'm going to do Everybody it. says you should do that. He's a family guy. Well, I mean, you know uh, I was going to say that. Uh. <laughs> On and off the field. Uh, Jay, you say <laughs> Mac is the betting favorite. Is he your favorite? I really like Kyle Trask. I, I do. Too. And, I, you know, look, I, Mac has been having an incredible year. I know Trevor Lawrence has missed some games, and everybody in the world knows that I'm a Ohio State fan now. Um, I've been that way my whole life since my mom and dad went to school there. But just seeing the Ohio State – there you go, Keyshawn, since you want to mouth that to Zubin quietly. No, that's not what I said. I Smarty. said Duke gave you more money. That's all I said. Stop. Um, but just hearing Kyle and knowing how he came into the equation, you know, not being that prolific 
I'm the guy right out of high school, not playing a lot of high school football and waiting for that that opportunity to go out and grab the position and how he's made the most of it. I love stories like that. Yeah, and and, and now that Jay has said that, I kind of I think I would change mine to Kyle as well. I think I'm gonna scratch everybody else, and I'm gonna give it to Kyle because, of like what Jay said, I was sitting here thinking the the last several Heisman Trophy winners had stories, right? Absolutely, they would store. I transferred here. I didn't to Joe Burrow, or whether it was uh, Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield. It was always some sort of obstacles in their way, right? And they beat it. So. They beat the odds, and the story is is now, hey, here's this guy who didn't start in high school. Look what he's done. He's leading his team. And that's a good story for the Heisman. You have a chance to really cement it. If he beat, if they beat Alabama, he will win the Heisman Trophy, and they will be in the college football playoffs. No doubt. I agree with both of those things. My take would just simply be, to your point, they were always seen as the other guys. Yes, Mac Jones is a four-star prospect. Mac versus Tua. Tua's winning every time. Tua leaves. Mac, no drop-off. Same thing with Kyle Trask. As I mentioned, if Felipe Franks doesn't get hurt, we may never think of him. So it's the other guys that are going to lead these two teams into the SEC championship game. And to Key's point, that's a story worth telling. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance, quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's home quote explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. We've been on the air since August, and our listeners have never been more hot than they are this morning on this simple question. Does Ohio State deserve to go to the college football playoff? Hit us up right now, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Key J and Z on Twitter, you take over. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your SportsCenter update. We're going to go all in on Ohio State in just one minute. The phone lines are full. Twitter feed is exploding. You know why. The Big Ten made a big rule change yesterday, eliminating the six-game minimum requirement for the Buckeyes to play in the Big Ten title game, so it's now set. Buckeyes out of the east, northwestern, out of the west, Saturday, December 19th, noon eastern. And then, you would think, Ohio State can roll or win. Would the playoff be in their future? That's the big question. Again, your thoughts coming on the way in one minute. Hang tight. Last year's playoff, of course, won by the Bayou Bengals. LSU, self-imposing a one-year bowl ban for this season. Could have something to do with the fact that they're 3-5 and and going nowhere. So let's just get this out of the way. This is all about an investigation into improper booster payments to football players, although they've got another issue percolating as well. There have been some problems off the field for the Tigers, no doubt. And in the craziest story of the morning, the NBA telling James Harden he needs six straight negative COVID-19 tests, six in a row before being cleared to rejoin the Rockets with the teammates. He showed up on Tuesday. Everybody else showed up when they were supposed to on Sunday. So why six? NBA mandates three straight. Where do the other three come from? 
If you're on Instagram or on social media, you might have seen some photos of James Harden rolling at the clubs in Las Vegas and Atlanta wearing no mask, breaking NBA protocol. League saying, give me six. Sports Center brought to you by Sport Clips. Remember being at Sport Clips waiting for that great MVP haircut experience. How about making that wait time even shorter? Now with on-deck text alerts, get a 15-minute heads up when it's time to head in. And another text alert when you're next in line. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. As fans of chaos, we are getting some of it around college football. The Big Ten made the announcement today themselves that they're going to waive that six-game minimum requirement for the Big Ten championship game to allow Ohio State to be eligible. 5-0 undefeated Ohio State is now going to be facing Northwestern in that Big Ten title game. I would hope that every conference would want to push their top teams forward, especially in a year where everyone has sacrificed, and I feel like it's only a good look. That's our Shanae Gumake. You can hear her and Michael Jr. for Eastern every day on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and she makes the best point of all, essentially, which is it is all about optics, something the Big Ten gets a big fat F in for most of the season, F minus if we could. It's time for Straight Talk, brought Jeez. to you by Straight Talk Wireless. It's been a total debacle, total <laughs> debacle. Let's get one tweet in here from the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, which is just bursting, and then we'll go right to the callers. Keep them up, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, Key J on Z. Kirkster1984 on Twitter, quote, since folks are playing the what-if game had Indiana or any other Big Ten East team come into the same predicament, would the Big Ten change the rules for them? The Big Ten could have set the number of games for a team to be eligible at five or whatever from the go. I assume he means get-go there. They chose six. And our Twitter question this morning, should they be in the playoff or not? Do they deserve a chance? More than half say they don't, 56%. The Kirkster? The Kirkster. The Kirkster. Nobody wants to see Indiana in the Final Four, and let alone the Big Ten Championship. I understand it's not fair, but the country would prefer to see Ohio State because of the money. No, I adamantly disagree with him. If Ohio, if, if Indiana was ranked top four and they were the best chance for the Big Ten to get into the CFP, you're damn right the Big Ten would make the same excuse for Indiana. I don't want to hear just because it's Ohio State. Like, it, it, they would have made the same thing for Indiana if Indiana were considered to be top four after the college football playoff rankings have came out. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise there on the tweets. Keep them coming, Key J and Z. Let's go to the Indiana. callers, and we are Yes, Tom Allen up. in Indiana. Tom Allen in Indiana. And I watch them every weekend because my parents and all came from Indiana. I, that's, let's get to the calls. He's doing a great job. There's no doubt about well, it. He's a good coach and everything, but I don't think that Indiana over Ohio State. We'll see. We'll see. If, if roles are reversed. Let's get to the calls. All right, that's fair. That's what Kirkster 1984 said. Here we go. On the Dr. Pepper call-in line, we're going to start with a great Southern name, my man Fitzgerald in Alabama, is on ESPN Radio. Buckeyes, in, out of the playoffs. Do they deserve to be, yes or no? First of all, I enjoy you guys' shows a lot. Appreciate it. All right. They shouldn't be in because they haven't played enough. They're a great team, but they haven't played enough games yet for me. Yeah, well, see. Who who should be in in the replacement? That I don't know, but you know uh, Alabama should be in. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, Fitzgerald. Don't call up here saying Ohio State shouldn't be in and not tell me who should be in to replace Ohio State. Roll Tide. Whoever wins the most in their conference should be in there. How about that? So is that Florida? You think Florida should be in there, Texas A&M? If, Alabama, if Florida beats Alabama, Florida should be in. 
But if not, maybe Texas A&M. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an SEC homer. Gotcha. Well, it could work out that way. At least you admitted to being an SEC homer. Roll Tide. <laughs> roll Tide. Let's roll on to Matt in Pennsylvania. He's on ESPN Radio. Ohio State deserves to be in or out of the playoff. Every year we, we debate. Guys, every year we debate whether uh, we get the four best teams or the four most deserving teams. And my question to you is, uh, are your four teams based uh, different based on those two, two criteria? And last but not least, uh, go Duke. <laughs> there okay. you go. Okay, Matt. Okay. Jay's on, Jay's on board. Okay. <laughs> All right, so there's a distinction. Best and deserving, they sort of Don't sound shake your the head. same, if but there's a distinction. If you called up here and said, go USC, you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> fight on. Send somebody somebody call thing. in and say, fight on. We'll be on equal footing. Best versus deserving. He makes a good point. There is a distinction they, they, there, depending on what you think. They, they are the best. Right? They are one of the four best as of right now. They just haven't played enough games for me. I want to see them play more games. Through five weeks, they're one of the top four teams in the country. But the games, let's see some. Let me see another game. Let me see another quality opponent. They get ready to play Northwestern, man. Like, see, come on. See, I would say this. I would say that I think they're one of the best. I don't think Ohio State is one of the most deserving because deserving now means that you played against teams that would prove that you belong in that conversation. And I think Florida has played against more top-tier teams that prove they belong in that conversation. But I think Ohio State's one of the yeah, best I, four teams. I would have loved to see Ohio State play Texas A&M. I would have just loved, that would have been a really good matchup. And if they would have went out there, took them to the woodshed, then it wouldn't even be a conversation to be had. But, Zubin, that's why I said the operative word is deserving. And I think Matt brought it to our attention, right? One of the best is a different conversation than most deserving. Yes, schedule alterations, by the way, we should mention. People are going to bang on the Big Ten for schedule alterations. Keep in mind the ACC and the SEC have already altered their (laughs) schedule as well. So, you know, glass house, throwing stones, all that stuff. Mike's in Pennsylvania. You're on ESPN Radio. What do you think about the Bucs in the playoff? They, they haven't played enough. This is why there should be no rankings until halfway through a season. You get enough games in. We live in a society where you just get a trophy. You think you're the best. You look the best. you got to play games. That's why, I mean, that's why the Giants can beat the Seahawks. I mean, you have to play games and show up to get to the end. And, and that's all I'm saying. You know, get, get, get to the end by playing the games because it's not as a player – I would if I was a player in Clemson or Notre Dame or 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 Alabama or Florida for that matter or even Texas A&M or you know teams that have enough games I would feel cheated that that I've played all these games and you only play 5. You can play 5 and get in and I got to play 10 to try to get in. I will say this though Zubin I yeah. really agree with Mike on this one. Be curious to get your take on it. What if we didn't have preseason rankings? When if you didn't rank college football teams until after two weeks have gone through the regular season? So this is an interesting point because you guys played and I covered you guys playing. So this is a media argument, and this is why it's done. It's to engender excitement exactly. for the sport, right? That's why there are five power leagues in four spots. Got to have discussion. That's why you have a preseason poll. I mean, Zion is like the preseason ACC, whatever the year, because we saw him on a mixtape playing in the state of South Carolina. We know he's good, but we haven't seen him for one second at Duke, and we're already going to label him something preseason. He obviously deserved it, but I think in order to drum up interest in these sports, this is sort of like a media weapon that kind of has to be used. Well, that's the thing. It's a media weapon. doesn't mean that the teams actually do qualify being number one or being number two. That's why I get frustrated. It's like I actually want to see them play for multiple weekends before we determine you saying you're the best team in the country before nobody's even seen you play. Fair enough. That's a great argument. On the way, the Packers got Aaron Rodgers, and we got 
Aaron Jones on the way next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Rolling hey. back, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. In moments, we will be joined by Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers hey. to talk about playing with Aaron Rodgers, to talk about playing with the self-proclaimed best wide receiver in the NFL in Devontae Adams. He'll be with us in just one moment. He'll join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Should be an easy one, fellas. You'll, you never know. You never know, as Key always tells us. They'll be in Detroit on Sunday as they look to make a Super Bowl push. They're not getting ready to lose to Detroit. <laughs> I mean, I, I know Detroit got their win with the interim coach in Bevel the other day, but they're not. I mean, they, they if, if, if Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Kenny Clark on defense and those guys go out there and they lose to Detroit, then they need to not make the playoffs. And they need to get bounced in the first round. They're not losing to Detroit, though. I don't care what anybody says. Well, let's see what Aaron Jones has to say about it. He joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. He's having another great season, coming off his first 1,000-yard season a season ago. Good morning, Aaron. I want to ask you, because I think a lot of fans are wondering this. You, you've been such a, such a great force in the backfield there. What's it like, though, as a teammate playing with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? Um, it's a, it's a lot of fun. They, they make the game easier for you. You know, they, they can't stack the box. They gotta, they gotta worry about those guys as well. Um, so, so they, in turn, they make the game easier for you. And, um, A-Rod initially always makes the game easier for you. You know, you're back there in the backfield. Uh, a lot of times he's, he's sitting there help, like telling you, um, where the blitz is coming from. A lot of those things, cause he just has a beat on it. He's so smart. So, um, I enjoy playing with those guys. Aaron, you've been with Coach Matt LaFleur two years now. You guys have won 22 games over that span. Uh, what has he done in terms of, you know, making it so successful with you guys as as the head coach? Um, I think he's married the run in the past. And um, uh, when we get out there, a lot of our formations, uh, we, we might have a jet, jet motion in it as well. And you can't tell if it's a run or a pass. It, it looks the same, so I feel like teams can't get a, a beat on that, and it, it kind of keeps them guessing. When you when you look at Aaron Rodgers, 36 touchdown passes already this year. He's 
basically the front runner for some in the MVP conversation. What's it like? And I know Zubin asked you this, but I'm a receiver. What's it like catching a football from a dude like that? Mm. <laughs> it's honestly amazing. Uh, you know, sometimes the quarterback, it feels like the quarterback catches the ball for you. He puts it right on you. And kind of sometimes all you have to do is turn and, and the ball's right there sitting on your numbers. Um, and, and I had a couple catches like, well, how did I catch that? And it's like, well, they really caught it for me. All I had to do is turn. Um, and so he, he, he makes the game easier. Like I said, he, he, he understands. Uh, he, he also helps you develop your game um, as a, not only as a running back, but as a receiver, we're learning about those back shoulder throws. We're learning uh, tough adjust against different coverages and th- things like that. So um, our game is also – he's also helping our game develop. Aaron, so I need you to take off your Green Bay Packers hat and look at this objectively. I know that's going to be hard to do because he delivers the ball in the pocket for you every single time. But there's a guy named Patrick Mahomes having a great season in Kansas City too. Um, if you had to think about it, who would the MVP of the season be this far? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Why? Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm always going to be a little biased. That's, that's my quarterback. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the touchdowns, uh, the touchdowns. He, I think I'm pretty sure he's leading the touchdowns right now. Um, and I just know how how strong we're going to finish out this season. So uh, I have nothing but faith in Aaron. Believe he's putting up some great numbers right now, and I believe he could keep keep that up. Let me ask you this though, and you be honest with me, because if you don't, next time I see you, I'm gonna grab you by your hair. Um, <laughs> it, it so last this off season, there's so much swirling around a Rod and in in being able to get him to help at the receiver position, and it didn't happen. They took Jordan Love when that happened. How did, what what was your reaction to it? Uh, so surprised. Um, you know, we we were just coming off an NFC championship run. Uh and, you know, a lot of people felt that's that's what we needed. Um we, we have a you know, it it caught a lot of people off surprise we have a quarterback and a, a great one at that, a future Hall of Famer. Um so it caught a lot of people by surprise and me as well. But um I have nothing but love for Jordan. He he didn't choose where he was getting drafted to, uh so uh, he just he was just pretty much drafted into the situ uh, into the situation and uh so a Rod's done nothing but be a great leader and embrace him and take him in under his wing aaron jones running back of the green bay packers is joining us here this morning on Keyshawn, jay will and zubin almost oh my I, because i almost said lz you see, aaron, you see what i have to deal with aaron he almost <laughs> forgot my name yeah, I almost in forgot. a damn reset i i'm new to this show i had another show in la so i have an excuse for that but you guys are taking on the Detroit Lions this weekend. You won the first game. They, they first game they won under new head coach Daryl Bevel this past week. What changes have you seen from week two since he's taken over? And that you could share with us. Um, just how hard those guys play. You know, last week they looked like they was out of there. I think they was down maybe seventeen or something like that uh, at half. Or and you know they they came back out and they they. They never give up, and that's that's always a Detroit team. You know, you always you're gonna have a gritty team that's gonna fight. So, uh, you know, you gotta go go in there and play four quarters, and uh, just because they record say what it is, uh, don't mean that they gonna sit there and lay down. Aaron Jones is joining us again on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, brought to you by Shelby Power Nitro Plus. 
premium gasoline. Aaron, I saw a story the other day that there was one NFL team that had been unaffected by the coronavirus. It was the Seattle Seahawks. They had a case. All 32 teams are dealing with it. What has it been like to <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> navigate this season while dealing with all of that? Uh, it's, it's been a lot. It's a lot, uh, a lot of protocol, a lot of new stuff. Uh, not as you, you, you don't get to hang out with your teammates as much. They try to make sure out the, outside the facility, you guys aren't hanging out. It, so it is, it's weird because you know, we're all in the facility. We all get tested together. So why can't you hang out with your teammate outside the facility? You mentioned um, earlier, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned earlier, Aaron, that you guys NFC championship game last year. What will it take to get back to the NFC championship game to try to play in Tampa in the Super Bowl? Uh, I think just continue to stay consistent. Uh, when we come out, you got to start fast and you got to play all four quarters and you got to finish. Uh, that's the biggest thing, finish. Uh, I, my, my running back coaches said this to me since I came in and it's kind of always stuck with me. He said the, the, the talent level in this league is the margin and talent is so slim in this league that it, it, most of the time it always comes down to one possession, no matter how the game may start, how may end. It, it normally comes down to one possession because you know you got some talent on both sides of the ball, and um, a lot of a lot of games it has been one possession, and it's it's about how you finish. Razor thin. That's why people love the NFL so much. There's no doubt about it. And the Packers are on their way to take on the Lions. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. Really appreciate you joining us this morning, Aaron. Thank you. Go climb back in the bed, man. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I got to go get in that facility. Uh, but I-, I appreciate you guys. I'm big fans of both of you guys. All, all three. So thank you. Oh, Aaron, keep fine. doing your thing, man. Here's the thing. Yes, Jackie. sir. Thank you, Aaron. Here's the thing. Obviously, he can't answer because he's out there with the ones. He's not watching Jordan Love out there. He's catching passes, as he said, turning around and <laughs> just raising off. his hands, yes. and the ball will be right there. Man. But the Jordan Love story is not going to go away. No matter how much Aaron Rodgers distances himself on the field, physically, talent-wise, from Jordan Love, that story is just gonna be there. Well, that's why so? I wanted to. Yeah, that's why I wanted. I yeah, because they used a pick on him. I wanted yeah, to ask it's him. Such a man. high pick, you know. I yeah. know, but it, it, it's his play is taking that over. It's like no, it's, it's not, not even a question. I think it's just something the media wants no, to ask to see what about, answer. Like Aaron Jones answered that so on point. If they fall short, and they again could have said, could <sighs> we have used a first round pick on an immediate? piece of help yeah well that's a different question than saying the whole air but jordan that's why love, the story is there Jones, yeah. why do we have jordan love on this roster why can't we get a pass yeah we should have a pass rusher or yeah. offensive lineman that story is going to be there there's no question about it that's why i wanted to ask them what the feeling was when they selected him because a lot of people thought they were going to go in another direction and not to mention it's kind of like a wasted pick to be honest I, I totally agree with you and i'm only hoping for the best for the kid there's been a lot of criticism there's been some inside talk that he doesn't look very good when he's out there we're not at practice but to the packers point they want to get over the top you need a short-term talent pick versus a long-term play if you're aaron Rodgers. on Is the that way what's that Go ahead. On the way, more QB talk with Wentz and Trubisky. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.